Anchor.fm out of Philadelphia. I'm Quincy Stallworth with King Say Questions. Happy Friday, everyone. Today we talk with M.H. The Verb, also known as Marcus Harris. M.H. The Verb is a talented collaborator, writer, producer, and hip-hop artist out of the San Francisco Bay Area. He's lived in Philadelphia. He's lived in New York. I think he's planning on moving to Atlanta. But we'll learn more about MH The Verb after this commercial break. And don't forget, check out his music on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. Your brand is operating on your behalf 24 hours a day. And brand consistency builds confidence. At 1030 Designs, we help you build brand confidence by creating cohesive logos, social media posts, websites, and marketing materials so your audience knows who you are at a glance. We're here to help, and we're ready to get busy for you. Visit us at 1030designs.com today. That's 1030designs.com. Hello, everyone. This is Quincy Stallworth. I'm with Kinsey Questions, and today we are talking to the incredible hip-hop phenomenon, science fiction movie star, M.H. The Verb. What is going on, my friend? Hey, what's up, man? I'm doing good. How about you? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, confounded because I did a lot of research on you. So oh. I'm going to start off with a tough question, okay? Okay, so, let's, get, let's dive in. Yeah, let's dive in. You you did this video and this song called Traffic in 2017, okay? Yeah. You familiar with this song, this, this video? <laughs> I've heard of it. <laughs> 20 seconds into the video, there's a man wearing a mask and dancing. Ah. It happens again at the 110 section of the video. So if that video was made in 2017, and here we are in 2020, yeah. I like to know... Um, have you mastered time travel? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to plead the fifth on that one. Oh, okay, but, okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I can't give it. I can't give out all the secrets, but you know, I don't want them knocking down my door. But no, no, no. In all honesty, man, uh, this uh, the the area. I, I'm originally from New York, but I. You know, I, I was based in Philly for a long time, and I came out to the Bay about three years ago. Okay. That, and one of the first thing I did when I was out here is I shot that video. And if anybody's been to the Bay Area, they, they're familiar with the environmental issues out here, specifically uh, the air quality issues in, in regards to the fires that happen almost annually nowadays, where the fires in the um, woods in, the, um, in Northern California and in Southern California they really t- they they have wildfires that take up a lot of uh, pollution in the air, and so wow. it's not it hasn't been an uncommon thing for people, uh, much like they do in in parts of Asia where people walk around with masks on a regular basis. So this wow. is so this is actually a, a, a um, you know the mask is new to a lot of areas, but for people in the Bay Area and in California in general, masks have been being used for the last 
five, six years as these problems, environmental issues have gotten worse and the wildfires have gotten worse to the point where you can't walk outside and breathe natural air a lot of the times, especially during the wildfire season. So Wow. Uh, and when is that wildfire season? So I don't make the mistake of going out there then. Um, so, yeah, California is a, a pretty dry place in general. Um, so normally it's in the summer months where wow. what happens is the winds get strong. And the 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 ground is very dry. The you know there's a lot of humidity. Uh, when we have a lot of wildlife and a lot of uh, areas that are extremely flammable because of the vegetation and uh, vegetation. I'm sorry. And uh, no problem. And yeah, it's just it's a crazy thing. I didn't I didn't know about it. You know, I I, I went to high school in South Florida. I lived in Michigan for a little bit. So I've been around tornadoes, hurricanes. You know, being from New York and Philly area, you're familiar with, um, you know, snowstorms and thunderstorms oh, yeah. and blizzards and stuff. But out here, they got wildfires. So it's, it's crazy because parts of the year, it'll be one half of the country's underwater with these, with these hurricanes and stuff. And then the other part of the country is literally on fire. Wow. <laughs> and you have earthquakes. Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> Why is the rent so high out there? It should be like thirty dollars you know, a month. <laughs> <laughs> um, the rent's high because it's a beautiful place to live, though. I mean, outside of that, we don't get a. It's not a place where you get a lot of rain. We can literally sleep outside. Wow, you know, so it's it's beautiful weather out in California, especially in the Bay Area. I've been very blessed to be out here during um during the last few years, so. That's uh, that's uh, that's an intense. Um, <laughs> you seem to have a, a deep appreciation. My perception is that you have a deep uh, appreciation for Japanese culture and and rituals. When I listen to your music, and I get that from an incredible uh, scene in one of your videos, where I believe a space ninja, where it seems to have uh, some martial arts in it. And there seems to be a lone wolf and cub thing to it. And am I am, am I striking? Am I am I on the right path? Or am I? Am I yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I I just call myself a student of the world. Like I, I was raised in a family where we believe that traveling and being uh, in different communities was a very important thing uh, growing up for me. And so I've just been around a lot of people from a lot of different ethnicities, a lot of backgrounds, a lot of cultures. And I definitely think that there's a, a, a very deep love for not just Japanese culture, but Asian culture in general. Um, you know, as I've traveled, I've realized some of the some of the intersectional intersectional points between people of color in general. And, you know, one of the things growing up that I, I think that is really interesting, especially with the Asian community and the black community, is their love for martial arts. Uh, specifically, you know, we look at like groups like the Wu-Tang who kind of come up on um, uh, on Kung Fu movies and stuff like that. You know, right. Bruce Lee is a big part of African-American culture just as much as he is a part of Asian culture, I would, I would say, in some some respects. So I think it's, it's just a real love of people, a real love of culture. Um, and, and really, you know, I try to I try to not appropriate, but to just pay homage to the things I've seen and the things that have made me. And I, you know, it's funny, I was watching some childhood videos where we were doing simply the same thing. You know, I took Tai Chi as a kid. Um, mm. 
just, you know, there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from Eastern culture and, and especially the religions and the uh, martial arts and the way that that all kind of intersects. So, that's, so yeah, that's, I think that's, uh, I was watching it. I was like, maybe I'm deceived because I love Akira <laughs> Kurosawa films and yes. I'm caught up into Japanese. Uh, I'm a big Takashi fan. I'm, I'm like mm-hmm. heavily into, oh, you, you know, I'm speaking your language, right? So, yeah, um, you know about the whole, especially like even things like anime and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think there's a there's um like one of the things I've been watching recently, or I was watching, was Return on Titan. Um, that's a good. That, that's a good one. The, yeah, the cartoon. So right, you know, there's just a lot of there's a lot of there's just a lot of intersectional points. I think in culture. And, and I'm always trying to find that stuff and build community that way. So, so yeah. Can you give me a list of your top five anime "Don't Die Without Watching This" list? Oh man, um, top five anime. I mean, like, I'll go back and say things like old school stuff, like even Speed Racer. You know, like Ooh. which which is like, um, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, um, Speed Racer. I got that. Attack on Titan, Dragon Ball Z. Um, what was that one? Um, I'm trying to remember the one I used to. I really haven't been on it since I was a kid, honestly. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Oh, Ghost in the Shell was another good one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Might I might I suggest one for you? Oh sure, go ahead. Two. I'll, I'll suggest two for you. Blade of the Immortal, which is a manga book, was Blade. Of an that was that was a different version, though, right? That wasn't the original Bl- Blade. What the uh, no Blade of the Immortal? Okay. Oh, oh, uh, okay. It's, yeah, it's it's uh, it's first of all, the manga is as addictive as drugs. It is addictive as crack. You you can't just read one book. So, if you put it in your bathroom, you're gonna have sore legs afterwards. Blade of the Immortal, you should watch okay. that. And it, first of all, uh, it's on Amazon uh, uh, video right now. I think problem was nothing. And then another one you might like is Samurai Champloo. And uh, oh, I've I've seen that. I think New Jabees, I think made the music on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. that's the New Jabees one. Yeah. So. I would say watch those two and then like and, and, and try not to go crazy and knock over your vase or anything else in your house because <laughs> you're swinging a wooden sword or actual a metal sword around the house. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I haven't, I, you know, I haven't, do- I used to dive into that stuff a lot when I was younger, like even like the Sonic cartoons and stuff like that. A lot of yeah. it was the stuff that I would see when I was little. And over time, you know, like even like video games, I stopped playing and stuff once I started getting into like more art and music stuff right. um, myself and started creating and like, you know, linking with, with other people. So I, I kind of stopped around like 11, I'd say, around 10, 11, kind of like started moving into more um, like personal production and hip hop stuff. Right. So it became like more. It's interesting because I actually there's a the, the artist I really dig who really died who got me like back into some of it. Uh, Sky Blue. I don't know if you're familiar with him. No, but I'm gonna look him up. Yeah, now you, <laughs> you definitely should. We'll just keep paying it forward that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Are you an independent artist? And is it because you can read a contract? <laughs> um, I am an independent artist. I will say that even if you do read a, you can read a contract, everybody should know how to write, read a contract first and foremost because it's simply, it's simply just understanding what you want and the, the, the specifics of uh, details of your agreements. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's very valuable. I talk to you know young artists about that all the time. But I think even more so than reading contracts, it's about understanding how you can operate, how you operate as a business versus as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding how, you know, I think it's just more about entrepreneurship gotcha. and, and, and taking ownership of your own stuff. So, yes, I am an independent artist. But that doesn't mean I do everything myself. I still have people I work with. Uh, still people I, I consult with, people who run certain aspects of of artistic business. Um, right now is a difficult time for a lot of artists. So oh, I say, yeah. you know, I think there's also a level to the entrepreneurship of having a deep understanding of multiple, you know, multiple outlets and business models and and different ways to bring in money and cash flow. I, I was in banking for a long time. So um, I learned a lot you know, watching other business owners and stuff. Right. Very, very, you learn a lot of, you learn how, what not to do and how yeah. not to spend money. Yeah, man. Just learning about like the, the, the simplest thing is it's just cash flow, understanding your ins, your outs, how you manage your money, how you save your money, how you use credit. Um, those are important tools that, that unfortunately in our communities, we don't really get a lot of. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, let me reintroduce you for a second. I'm with, incredible international and national hip-hop rap artist hip-hop artist of all genres mh the verb we'll be back with more quincy questions after this then this is quincy stallworth i'm with mh the verb hip-hop extraordinaire he is the greatest thing since sliced bread and it will be no greater <laughs> mh let me ask you a question the, the the name mh the verb how did you develop that moniker Monica. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Um, my name is Marcus, Marcus Harris. I, most people, you know, I don't I don't really get too caught up in the names and stuff like that. Uh, right. Uh, I was Marcus, Marcus and K. Harris when I was born. I'm still Marcus and K. Harris. M.H. The Verb was something that I like to, you know, I think a lot of rappers and, and artists will come up with these names. For me, it was real organic. I was in a band in college called The Beats and Verbs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was the beats because there was a group of, of musicians. Who we, you know, we, we were really into the roots, high respects, a lot of these organic hip hop bands are, around that time. And so we had one group who was um, musicians and they were called the beats because they would make the beats with, you know, the live instruments, uh, which has been a, a thing of mine. I've, I've been in love with that since that time. Um, really fell in love with it around then. But then the other, the other group, the MCs and the vocalists were called the verbs. And so mm-hmm. me being kind of the front man of the band, people used to be like, I didn't really have a rap name. It was just Marcus Harris. And so, you know, being on campus at University of Pittsburgh, people started saying, oh, you know, that, you know, Marcus, you know, Marcus Harris, you know, Marcus Harris, the verb. And then it just, my friends would call oh. me. So it just kind of stuck. It just became MH the verb, you know, MH the verb. I think the, the first time that we really like made it official was when somebody at like one of the pizza shops like came up to me and was like, Yo, you're in the verb, right? And I was like, "Yep." <laughs> like, wow, wow, it's uh, it's. Just kinda... <laughs> I believe the word is the etymology. 
of a word yeah. and how it changes, and and you just drop that. Yeah. Uh, and we just started having fun with it, you know, like I'm the verb because I'm about the action, uh, you know, so it's it's fun. That's solid. You, I was yeah. always MF Doom, too, so, you know, I used to throw out a little oh, yeah. MF, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's another, he's another one. Um, now you live, you were based in Philly, New York, and you were you're from New York, but you were based in Philly, and you're also now you live in the Bay Area. But let's talk about Philadelphia. Where sure. did you live in Philly, and what was your favorite place to eat? Oh, okay, that's easy. Um, <laughs> so I, when I lived in Philly, I lived in Philly a few times in different spots. I was in South Philly on Christian, Fourth and Christian. Yeah, uh, that's a nice area. Most recently, I was in. Um, Fishtown, which I really loved. Okay, living there, getting to go to um, Milk Crate Cafe every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go, go, go! Hit up some 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 coffee and some breakfast sandwiches, and get and do some um, some some crate digging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, and uh, in Philly, my favorite restaurant though is Han Dynasty. Um, that's that's my go to spot. So whenever I come back, we do these studio sessions every like. You know, up until recently, we were doing them every few months and uh, we'd have, you know, I'd have all my crew and all my people come through and we do these uh, what we call our house 95 sessions. And that's where and then afterwards we would go and we'd uh, have dinner and I'd always be like, I'd always just they knew if I was in town, we were going to Han Dynasty. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, your collaborations are phenomenal. And that tells me you, you come to Philly, you do collaborations, too. Um, how do you pick such great collaborators? Because I know a group of hip hop artists who can't pick, couldn't pick a talented collaborator or producer or other rapper to save their lives. And sometimes I'm like, well, you're not an idiot. So why can't you pick a good (laughs) collaborator like MH The Verb can? You know, it's, it's, I don't know if, is it rocket science? (laughs) <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's rocket science. I think there's a few things that go into it, honestly. Um, one, I don't really consider myself as I've never wanted to be a solo artist. Like I fell into being a solo artist almost by happenstance, you know, like by certain circumstances, because I was always into being in groups naturally. Like right. I my, my band in college, and I always not only that, I I never I wanted to be like a front man, like in the sense of like. You know, like more even just like a hype man, like a multi-unit person. Like I always looked at groups like, you know, Outkast and um, The Roots and Tribe and Daylight and these people who I look up to. And I always love that idea of unit and uh, crew and commodity, you know, like in community. And so I think the number one thing is you have to be open to, to trying things out with people and building relationships with people. Right. And and also honoring their talents. You know what I mean? Like um, someone like Kufu, I've been working with for years. um, It's taken us, we've done tons of songs together and and Mm -hmm. understanding him and and Christine and like, you know, like, for instance, I I think you you brought it up when we were talking offline, the song Interstellar Bass um, that you heard that I did with Kufu and Christine most recently. Yeah. We we were we just that that's an interesting story because we just happened to be in Denver touring at the same time and I was like yo why don't y'all come through the studio they came through 
I already knew what, you know, I knew them. So I knew what kind of thing we could, we could possibly pop off. So I think that that's, it's important to just understand. I think a lot of artists sometimes get really competitive. They're not as open to being in community settings. They don't like to get into the studio with people. Right. And that's really what it comes down to. You got to be like, I'm, I don't really consider myself, I always consider everything I do as a group. Like there's a, a group of contributors who are not just vocally coming in, but even in production, you know, like we're, we're building this song together. So I think that's a big part of it. You mentioned um, working with, working in a group has made you comfortable and less competitive. One of the things that I saw in the- Less competitive. You said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said I wouldn't say less competitive. Okay, but not you're not you're not um, trying to body somebody on on your own song. Maybe it's okay if you do, but I think I think it's like I think it's like one of those things where you like where people bring it out of each other. Like like you know, it's it's difference between being competitive and being like very self absorbed in that competition. So. <laughs> It's it's not so much that I want to beat somebody. It's that I want to bring the, I want to be the best I can be and bring the best out of them, and I want them to acknowledge my my greatness as much as I imagine I acknowledge theirs because it's gotcha. about the project. And then as the project as a whole, we're competitive. You know what I mean? Like so, you can have multiple levels of competitive nature, and I think that's one of the things that hip hop is built on. You know, like throwing dozens. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right because. Uh, um... I don't want to get in any trouble by saying anything about anyone in hip hop right now. <laughs> I'm I mean, too, I'm too low on the totem pole right now for that. No, I mean, I think but, that's. But think... Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like um, I, I you know, there's been artists. My homeboy Wish, who I was, who was on my first album. I remember we did a song, and like he wrote his verse, or I wrote Von verse first, and then he came in, and we used to hang out in the studio. He wrote his verse second and laid it down. And I was like, okay, I got to go back and change my verse. <laughs> but then he, w- I changed my verse and then he winded up going back and changing his too. You know what I mean? So it was like, and the final project was dope. It helps. Um, it, it's funny because um, I would have noticed with vocalists in Philadelphia, you have these R&B groups and there's so much, you know, just everyone singing and trying to have that last riff, that incredible riff, is it the same way with hip, with with rap artists, or is is everyone looking to be is every, like you, you may have an Anthony Hamilton, a Johnny Gill, a Luther Vandross. Well, Luther didn't riff crazy. Johnny Gill and uh, Anthony Hamilton, and you know, and uh, Tevin Campbell, and everyone's trying to get that oh oh thing going. Is it kind of like that with with the rap artists? You think? I think so. I think a lot of, you know, one of my biggest things with a lot of rap artists in general is just sometimes there's a lack of musicality. And I think that's what really stands, stands the good people, the people who I really consider to be strong artists. Like you look at someone who's, who's super musical or sees the rapping as a musical instrument, you know, cause that's what it's really about. Like mm. it's about the words, but it's also about understanding the musicality of it all. And, um, I don't know. I think Philly's better than a lot of places, honestly. Um, mm. But there, everywhere you go in hip hop, there's there's people that if if they understand the music, they can understand what I'm talking about in regards to how you can make the song better and find your place within the song. Because if you're one of the things I think that really is important for rap artists to understand 
its song structures, and mm. also, and also, looking at if hip hop is a part of jazz, then hip hop is the minimal form of jazz in the term of the rhythm, focus on rhythm, and focus on what is what can come out of the music versus what you the extra the extra note you can add versus I mean the extra note you can take out versus the extra note you add. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Like I'll nerd out on you, but like it's that ghost note in hip hop that gives it rhythm. You know, when you think about the great MCs, um, and understanding when they're missed on the track. You know, I think Busta Rhymes, for instance, is a great example of somebody who, while he gives you a lot fast, he knows when not to give it, so that you miss it when he comes with that energy. Mm. You got a point there. I want to talk to you about something I picked up by listening to your music, and that's the N-word. I noticed that you don't use the N-word, you use, say, ninja. And I like that about your music. Uh, I am not that much of a Christian, not to say it, but I thought it was unique that you don't say it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not something... I, I'll go on, on record saying it's not even something I really, you know, I don't care about the use of the word, the word nigga. Like personally, right. I say it from time to time, but I've never really felt any anger or any personal um, disdain for the word, even when used in racist tones, because I realize that words are words, right? So that let me say that first and foremost. However, with that being said, I understand the power of words as an MC. Right. And one of the things that was really powerful for me personally and why I chose to do the Space Ninja album and, and make that a focal point, not using, you know, using is because of the conversation I was having with the elders in my community where they were saying, you know, we love the music, but we, we have a hard time listening to it because we can't get past this. Right. And then we had deeper conversations about what this was. And the biggest thing was the language, specifically the, the words nigga and bitch, you know? Right. Um, right. I think a lot of that, that really rubbed people the wrong way. And it really, came to, it really came to fruition when we were having this discussion about Nipsey Hussle, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to be active in my community. And so we had this conversation between generations where some of the younger cats, and I consider myself middle of the road now, you know, but, and then some of the older cats were talking about Nipsey when he passed away. And how powerful that was, was that he started a conversation because the young brothers were like, yo, do y'all, you know, you don't understand why we missing this dude so much. This is what he was about. This is the positivity he was bringing to our lives. And the older generation was like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. But then when they started, when we started, once we had that conversation, we started listening to the music. That's where we realized that the language really is, is a way, is a barrier for some time for us. Right. So while I think that the music that Nipsey was making was powerful, you know, and it was powerful for the people it was intended to be powerful for, I think it right. also could have, you know, like my purpose was like, okay, well, how can we, kind of divides, like close that division and that gap. Right. So I, I love the fact that artists are making stuff and they're saying stuff and hip hop. I just wish that we would think sometimes more about that stuff too, about how we're perceived 
and how we're how we're building this community. You know what I mean? Because I think that that's an important thing. If if we have people and and it's also a way for us to. It's not saying that we're catering to the older generation, but we have to at least be able to have these conversations. Right. So I thought right. that was a, that was the whole thing. I think I remember also No Name coming out and saying something about how she felt about white people at her shows. You know, mm-hmm. like who 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 a lot of times will listen to hip hop music and then are they using that word? How are yeah. they using the word? How are they understanding how are people outside of the, not just white people, how are people outside of the communities understanding the words and the messages that are being spoke. And so right. I think words can be powerful in that setting. Right. It's interesting what you were saying about the elders saying, uh, saying it. And also I think a lot of times, a lot of black artists uh, miss out on the fact, and David Banner said this so, he said it so eloquently. He said, when we say nigger, we don't mean a group of white kids on the corner. He said, we don't talk about killing up. We're not, we talk about killing ourselves. When we say yeah. bitch, we don't mean a couple white girls down at the mall. He said, we're talking about our own color women. And he said, yeah. there's, a, there's a self-hatred within, within our language. that so we, we must be careful as we pass it on to younger children who just really want to be emula- emulate us. And I, and I don't even think it's like, in general, the word bit, whenever, you know, hip hop is, is up until recently, it's been very male dominated. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and the term, the way that men, men using the word bitch towards women, you know, Tasha Honey Coates said it where he said, you know, when he was talking about the word nigga, and he was like, why do white people feel the need to say it? Why do they, when they say it, when black people say it to each other, it means something different, even if it does mean positivity. But then when white people say it, it changes, the people saying things changes the meaning of it. Right. And so I think what happens is when, I won't say bitch on a song because there's no need for me to use that language about women, unless, especially if I can't explain that in the, in the way that it's a deeper nuanced conversation to have. If I want to call, you know, if I, why do I feel like I need to say the word? And I think sometimes right. I use these words as crutches in hip hop. It's become right. a part of, Oh, well, I'm just going to say nigga five, you know, every, every other line to make the word run, to just do the right. It's a lazy writing. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's a lazy writing. You're absolutely right. So. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Space Ninja, your 2020 album that you uh, have dropped. It's an incredible collection of work. I recommend everyone listen to it. You're welcome. It's on YouTube, Spotify, YouTube Music, Apple Music, Pandora, Deezer, iHeartRadio, and Music Play. Is there anywhere I can go where I can't find it? (laughs) <laughs> um any major label websites <laughs> your voice rolling independent <laughs> so you you got a ton of i mean the entire album is a solid collection of work and I, i'm not trying to flatter you because it i was looking for flaws i really was <laughs> and i was like okay so this he i figure after song five he can't you know jupiter sunrise he can't keep it up and then I heard the number six, uh, New Anthem with Poof Knots and Christina Lee's Birthstone, Behave with Sheena Kovacs. It, it was, it was just, yeah, it's just, a, it's just Tina, Sheena Kovacs. Yeah, I never realized this. That's Tina. Well, how about that? <laughs> it's, it's actually Chana. 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 Okay. Chana yeah, yeah. It's all good. She, she, we're dropping her single next, so don't, don't even worry. It's just an, an incredible <laughs> collection of music. And, 
I was I was sitting there like, so he I was like, it was this guy. Were you in the industry? Did you work for someone in the industry? Did you pick because you sound like someone who picked up a sword style from a certain dojo, <laughs> left and became Kenshi. Kenshi or uh Japanese sword wow, fighters man. who were hated by samurai because yeah. they were unstoppable, yet they had no they appeared <laughs> to no rule of the uh of the daimyo, the state yeah, at that time. I'm about to get a big head the way you're speaking. No, no, no. I, I just need to know because that would happen. That would happen in ancient Japan. The Yagyu clan had young men who served in, the, in, the, in, their, in their mansions and amongst their families, secretly studied sword styles, and yes. went out and did ninjutsu stuff. So yes. I'm wondering... And then they, they meshed it with other sword styles. Yes. So they, I'm wondering... Create, yeah, blends, yep. Did, did you work? You don't have to say the label. You don't have to say the industry. <laughs> were you uh, were you like uh, an, at the time maybe an intern? You learned some stuff because because the way you construct the, the production value of Space Ninja uh, this year is 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 some of the best production I've heard. Um, it, it, it's some of the best production I've heard on any album. I mean, there are people, and I don't want to drop no hip hop names and get get shot. But there are people who claim to be reputable <laughs> artists, and it sounds like they recorded this in their grandmother's bathroom, standing in a tub. This has really great um, production value to it. So Thank I'm wondering, you, where did you, you. Where, where did you learn? I mean, where did you learn to put this together? Who produced this? Who's this genius behind all this? Um. His name's M.H. The Verb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, but I appreciate that, man. That's like big, that's big, um, that's big praise. And I, and I, you know, I'm humbled by that because of the fact that I can. Let, let me, let me stop you right there. This is not praise. This was me looking for a problem. This was me <laughs> well, taking the white glove and rubbing it across the corners. I well, I say that, one. I say that all, and I say that kind of jokingly because I'm a firm believer in one is that it does is you don't do anything yourself, right? You mm -hmm. support is is the number one thing that you can have. Your community is the number one thing you can have. Your only your net worth is only as strong as your network, you know, like and so the team that I'm working with, strong across the board. Mm -hmm. And the way that you get there is and this is for all the young cats listening, like anyone who 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 like I say, it's because I appreciate it so much to, because the work was put in, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, not just by me, but by everybody else on the team. So like, when you talk about who was I in, in the industry, I've been in the industry a long time doing this. And, you know, I've also met people, I've learned from people, I always took, I always try to learn as much as I could, I made mistakes along the way, mm -hmm. you know, and I learned from those and never let it stop me. Um, I've always wanted to just, it's, it's just, you have to be willing to put in the work. Like you have to be willing to say, one, I'm going to learn this. And two, I'm going to try this. Like, right. you know, and so like, and then you always have to also want to get better. Like you have mm -hmm. to want to, to get better. And, and, you know, there's, there's certain things that I've done over the years that I look back on. And I say, Oh, that wasn't a good idea, but I don't regret them because they're, they're what bring you to the next spot. And the successes are just as 
um, are, are never as um, influential as the failures, you know, they just aren't. Um, so I think that there's a lot of like, who did I work with? I've worked with a lot of people. I've been in the studio with, um, with Wiz, with members of The Roots. I've been, you know, like, I've, I've seen, you know, I was, I used to run shows in, in Pittsburgh with young Mac Miller. I mean, like, mm. who, who, you know, I just, I've learned so much from over the years, like friend, DJ Bonics. I mean, like, you know, like there's Koof, like there's people I learned from um, Rabbi Darkside in New York. Um, you know, you just, you just, you just gotta be, you gotta do stuff. Like you gotta do stuff. You gotta make sure that you're meeting people, you're learning. And like I said, you just building that community together. So the album specifically, it's just an ode to being a student of the game, I guess you would say, in, in my community. Like, it's not just my album. It's, it's everybody's from Trap Rabbit to JS Beats, uh, Johan Sebastian, Chena, Koof, Christine. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people put in on, you know, Bus Crates, my homie from Pittsburgh who came through for sessions. But you got to have a vision, man. That's the other right. part of it, you know? Well, let, let, let me also say this, is that um, it, it, it's a damn good piece of art. And I'm afraid that I, I thought too deeply on it. But then you have surpassed me and, and revealed that I wasn't, I wasn't crazy. <laughs> I mean, we could go track by track, and I can explain to you also. It's the process, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I, that's why. It well, feels I do good. have, a, I do have a question on a track versus, yeah. uh, not versus, but along with the album cover. So, track five, Jupiter Sunrise, right? Yeah. And then your art album cover is you wearing a helmet, a space helmet, with your yeah. normal clothes on and your skin being exposed to show that you are a black man. Is this a reflection? Of in, in the music in, in Jupiter Sunrise, because you saw what the sunrise was on another planet, another world. Here we are in a new world called America. Is this a, a reflection of the the diaspora of African men to the United States and other parts of the Americas, or am I am I am I am I gone? Um, I mean, you know what? I think that multiple things can be true as you're writing in the process, right? Okay. So let I'll, so I'm about to flip. I'm about to totally. I think. Cause that's what, you know what? Most people come with that. Right. Okay. And I think there's a level, that's a very big theme within the whole album as, as a whole. Okay. Right. Is this idea of Afrofuturism. My, my kind of take on that is simply honor, like creating better future by honoring the past. And how do we do that? We look at the ancestors, we look at the people who came before us, how are we building this better future? There's this thing, this theme about what, it, what will the, the next levels of us look like. We are the heroes, the the imagination of our ancestors and what will black people specifically, people from the diaspora look like and feel like and what will their you know stories be going forward? How can we influence those now? What does our imagination us tell us? There was an artist who did a, a mural in Pittsburgh that was called that was called There Will Be There Are Black People in the Future. You know, I don't know if you remember, I always talk about when I first saw that that Jedi, that uh, Stormtrooper character take off his mask and the Star Wars rebirth, and it was a black man and how controversial that was. Yeah, there was. You know, there was. that was what started the whole, that was kind of my thought process, what started the whole Afronaut theme. 
um, the, the the project itself around this 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 heroine from the future influencing us. But Jupiter Sunrise specifically is actually about Jupiter, Florida, the sunrise on Jupiter, Florida. Mind blown. <laughs> which is where I was, which is where I was. And, and a lot of people don't, to give you a little background, that's where I lived while I was in high school. I kind of, in, in odd ways, I consider it the place I grew up in some sense. Uh, and there's a tradition that we only had living in Jupiter for, the, for, for, to give you a little perspective on Jupiter, it's one of the richest cities in the United States. Tiger Woods lives there. Celine Dion lives there. Joe Namath lives there. Palm Beach County, Florida is where Trump has his home, Mar-a-Lago. Right. Um, Jeffrey Epstein was down there. You know, like there's this crazy culture of rich, powerful money, Robin Leach style homes, these Florida homes. And in the middle of that is a small black community called Limestone Creek. And one of the rituals you know, and me being, you know, I grew up middle class and kind of being on going to the magnet school, the art school that was out of the area mm -hmm. and then coming back home and kicking it with the only black people I could find. You know what I mean? My community that like, because literally when you're in these worlds in a place in America where you can be the only black child in your class and how do you that respond to yourself? So we used to have this um, and, and then on top of that, so the songs about you know, I talk about liking Bill Nye and want, talking about my black pride and how I felt in Jupiter, Florida, trying, you know, trying to own up and learn more about myself, my culture. But we used to have this this tradition my family did where every year for, after New Year's on New Year's Day, we'd go and watch the sunrise on the beach in Jupiter. And so when I talk about have you ever seen a Jupiter sunrise, it's like the honor of like knowing that there's a tomorrow, knowing that there's a future. So that goes back into the whole theme about how the Afronaut story goes into like identifying with this idea of the futuristic diaspora and how we are creating this better future by honoring our past. That's, um, I mean, I could crash the car right now. <laughs> so, I'm deep. I'm deep. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, it's intentional. Yeah, you know, if, if hip-hop were a Batman rogues gallery, you would certainly be the Riddler. The real Riddler. <laughs> oh, I think of myself as a, as, as a supervillain all the time. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you got levels and stages. Uh, let me reintroduce you real fast. Uh, I am with uh, the, the, one of the most phenomenal hip-hop artists I've yet to interview, M.H. The Verb. Go listen to his music. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's on iHeartRadio, Pandora. It's on everything. We'll be back with more MH The Verb where we talk about Stephen Hawking's flaws in his theory of deep space <laughs> right after this. Your brand is operating on your behalf 24 hours a day. And brand consistency builds confidence. At 1030 Designs, we help you build brand confidence by creating cohesive logos, social media posts, websites, and marketing materials so your audience knows who you are at a glance. We're here to help, and we're ready to get busy for you. Visit us at 1030designs.com today. That's 1030designs.com. Hey, 
Again, we are here for the third part of the interview. Why do I have to say the third part? I don't know. Um, I'm Quincy Starworth with King Say Questions, and I'm here with my good friend, M.H. The Verb, also known as Marcus Harris. Is it okay if I say your government name? Should I let yeah, that out? Yeah, that's cool. All right. Yeah, I, yeah. We, can, we can cut that out right there. <laughs> no, that's cool. I actually oh. go by, publicly, I go by Marcus Sinke Harris, just because there's so many Marcus Harrises out there. So my middle name is uh, uh, Sinke after Joseph Sinke. So, so Marcus Sinke Harris. Are you Haitian? Uh, no, no, I'm oh, not. Okay. Uh, you know, I get that question a lot. That's why I laugh. And uh, especially being in South, when I was in South Florida. So, yeah. I, uh, one, one of the things that I, I love doing to my uh, Haitian coworkers is saying, is uh, speaking, speaking French to them and stuff. And they'd be like, yeah. I'm like, no, I don't really. Yeah, that's patois. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Too Yo, much. Haitian people are so, are so, they have such rich culture, man. And being around, like, you know, especially in, in America where everybody's just black sometimes. Yeah. It's great to yeah. me. And, and they're either black, meaning African American or they're Jamaican, you know, or African or something. But but people sleep on Haiti, man, and the, the beautiful culture. The music down there is crazy. The music Yo. and food, crazy. Yeah. There's a, there's a Haitian restaurant in Philadelphia. Kumpa? Uh no, no, I didn't know about Kumpa, but I'm gonna check it out now that you said that. Uh, a girl I used to go to high school, woman I used to go to high school with, she opened one out on Rising Sun Avenue, Ooh. and it's straight Haitian. It's not even, it's not like you know, like we're trying to sell food to everybody. But that's another story. But anyway, she, she the food is incredible. She's from Haiti. She's extremely beautiful. She's like 43 years old. She's still got young guys jumping off the rooftop for her. <laughs> You know, she looks like she she looks like she's all of twenty seven. That Lambi, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know what's in the Haitian water supply, but we need it over here. Oh, the they got beautiful water. women. They got yes. beautiful women. Yes. Uh, what have you learned about yourself that you didn't know before this whole pandemic? Um, you know, I think that's specifically of how much of an introvert I could be. Um, mm. I think that's something that's that I'm realizing is a new thing for me too. Cause uh, you know, I've always been, especially growing up, I was very extroverted, very, very much enjoyed being in big groups, going to shows, you know, like just being out and about always wanted to be in the mix over the last few years. I think the maturity just hit and set in and I'm really about spending time um, not just in smaller groups, but like with family and friends, but really just relaxing by my and spend a lot of, you know, self-care time, um, a lot of personal time with myself and, and being able to like, just kind of unplug from things. Uh, I think that's also a California thing that I've gotten, right. but you know, I, this has been a hard time man. especially I, I, I've always dealt with a lot of anxiety and, um, and depression and these things that I've just kind of gone through these moods and, um, I think one of the beautiful things about right now is that I'm getting to, there's no pressure, you know, there's no, there's nothing to yeah. be anxious about. Yeah. We've, we've kind of let it, it, it is sometimes, but whenever I go back to myself and, and what I'm thinking, I'm always very conscious of the fact that it's nothing that I can control about this right. besides the things that I do day to day. And, and that has to do with just trying to find these times and these moments very valuable. Mm. Um, and I think that that's something that I've kind of rediscovered about myself and been more aware of of myself and, and how I'm moving forward, you know, is going to be 
really putting those things in higher value of my priorities and my purpose, like being, you know, I want to start a family. I want to, uh, which is something I wouldn't have said a few years ago, you know, uh, on the road and stuff like that all the time. I, I, you know, I want to, I started planting. Uh, I'm more, I think a lot of people are doing this too. You know, I don't think I'm, <laughs> I don't think yeah. I'm alone, but just nature and, and being, and, you know, I want to own a home, which I never thought I'd live outside of a city, especially oh being God, from New York. Crazy. Yeah. I want, yeah. I don't want to just own a home. I want to like, have a yard <laughs> you know what i mean yeah that's that yard stuff <laughs> but yeah i hear you I'm yeah <laughs> but i, yeah. I was trying you know it's crazy because i was traveling earlier this year i was in columbia uh with my homie ryan tennis and you know doing some touring and just just some meeting people and being in different community spaces was like and seeing how uh, we spent some time on a farm out there and it was just really beautiful i was just I remember coming back and feeling like when I'm back here, I'm like, man, I, just no matter where you go, when you're in cities, it's a different vibe than when you can just have that time to reflect with nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, yeah. wh- where have you been hunkered down at? Uh, because they are so, not playing in California. So yeah, man, it's, um, it's actually kind of nice to be out in Cali where most of the people were being really respectful of, um, of uh, safety of course, there's always the people who don't or who just are either ignorant or just being stupid or whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that where where I'm out in Cali is about 20 minutes outside of Oakland. And so I had a, a sublease before in Oakland and stuff. But now I'm staying with family out here and it's been beautiful because we got space and um, we got a we got a, a nice little backyard where I'm doing some planting, some some food, some grilling. I'm actually going to take next week and go out to the Santa Cruz mountains at a cabin there and, and try and just, you know, focus. I've been doing a lot more digital media work. So, you know, not doing shows and stuff like that is different, but mm-hmm. getting to spend time with developing, um, cause I do freelance digital media marketing and stuff like that and, and, uh, interactive projects. And normally I work a lot of events and stuff like that, right. whether I'm, um, but now it's just being able to work more with clients and sit down and, and give also impactful things like, projects I'm working on with with uh, COVID response and then also working with some organizations that are trying to look at police reform and stuff like that. So I think just being able to, the world's crazy right now. Right. Uh, Absolutely. It's insane. So you got to, you got to really find out what your values are and do the things that you really love doing. Yeah. The, the, your, your upcoming album, uh, instrumental album, uh, Verb Stone, is this a, a, a collection of, or just a group of work that's been made under the pandemic or is this? Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's actually, um, I, I'm, I'm kind of billing it as it's the jazz, hip hop, fusion, instrumental album for, men- the, for the protection of mental health during the times of COVID and systemic change, <laughs> you know? So um, like it's, that. I just felt like, you know, I looked at my calendar one day, especially right after releasing Space Ninja, and I was like, the tour is canceled. All of my gigs are canceled. There's there's nothing on my schedule. And me being the personality, I'm, that was a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so I had to give myself a schedule, and I started looking at these old beats that we had started, me and my collective, and specifically G.R. Stone, who was my band, my band leader and keyboardist for years. While we were on tour, we used to make beats. Mm-hmm. And so I... Um, I went back into that, 
into that catalog and just started focusing on that. So I wouldn't focus on some of the negative things about the pandemic. And I didn't want to put any voices on it. I was like, man, this is just mood music. This is just chill music. This is just stuff I can freestyle to. So, you know, we just decided to put the collection out. We've been, it's been sitting on that, you know, on some hard drives for a long time. Can I leave some vocals on the tracks and, and send, send them to you? Yeah, man. <laughs> no, no, that's the whole point of it. That's how, honestly, that's the whole point of it. So, really? we, yeah. yeah, we were just, you know, like we used to always play them whenever we'd have house parties or like dinner parties, or whatever. We used to just make beats. And then, and it was an extension from what we did for years on tour, you know, like we used wow. to just be on tour and be in like North Carolina and just come back to the hotel or the place that we're staying and just make beats and people mm. watch us make beats, <laughs> you know, mm. like that was the, that was the after party. <laughs> wow. So uh, that, uh, that sounds like the kind of after party I'd like to be at. <laughs> yeah, so, man, we used to, yeah, I'm just I'm just laughing. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like it'd be like crazy fun. I would never go to sleep. I guess you don't sleep. That's why people don't sleep on tour because they're still working. <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot of adrenaline. <laughs> so, what can we as fans do? Because I'm new to the fan group. I'm new. You know, I, I don't know what I can do. Uh, what can I do to support your music? Should I put it on repeat on Spotify all yes. night tonight, like I planned to? <laughs> yes, yeah. that's always a good thing. Um, <laughs> No, just sharing the music, man. Sharing the music um, is the number one thing that I just want. I just want more people to listen. So, uh, and, and and then just also having these kind of conversations because, like I said, this is this is what's fun for me, man. Is making the music. It's one side of the fun, being able to work with the homies, Art House ninety five, my whole collective. Um, but then also getting to like chop it up with people, and I, and that's one of the things I miss the most about not being able to do the tour. Mm-hmm. And it's just because that's when you get to meet people and see how they respond. And like, I'm really, I'm really happy that you like the music and that you, you know, are also working with, you know, working with people that I'm working with. We're in the same circles. We're in the same um, community, and 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 we have these ideas and these things that go deep in our souls. And we should talk about that stuff more. We should just talk about what's really going on or how we feel about things outside of just the weather. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So what what's next? What 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 are you working on next? What's uh <laughs> you got the album coming out August seventh, Verb yeah. Stone. We yeah. got uh you got any performances online? That's that's real big right now. Yeah, honestly man, I I'm having a hard time with that. Um really? it's hard it's hard for me because a lot of what I do is interactive you know, I consider yeah. myself an interactive artist. Um, I've done a few digital concerts. I also, you know, really enjoy playing with bands and other people in the group. Like I said, um, I'm a little isolated here. I've had mm-hmm. fun doing a few of them. I did one with uh, NAMI Philadelphia and um, also with uh, So Far Sounds in, uh, in, San-, in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm still trying to figure this out, you know, in terms of live right. performances. Uh, also, a lot of my focus recently has been on has been on um, digital media work that I'm doing with a lot of the nonprofits and and um, a lot of the community organizations I'm trying to work with. And I'm trying to bridge that gap between my art and the impactful um, work that you know community work that needs to be done and that is really taking place. Uh, it was it was really powerful to be able to be part of a lot of these protests. I don't right. know if you got. Oh, we we got it on in Philly. 
Yeah. Uh, have you seen the news with uh with, uh, it was everything's okay till the to till the, the um SWAT shows up, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you're you're good. I was just gonna say I'm I've met a lot of really interesting people at these at these events and yeah, you know, people are fed up and I think that now is the time that we can create some change, especially young people and young black women who yeah. are who are really leading these movements. And yeah. and from the you know, the LGBTQ community yeah yeah you know people are fed up with being abused being uh disrespected and overlooked yep it was a real pleasure talking to you uh marcus i really enjoyed this um i've been listening i'm a fan i'm i got you on repeat i want to be playing and listening to you uh is that that cool grinding noise i'm hearing (laughs) (laughs) yeah we know what you're about to do, and you have yourself a good night. <laughs> nah, that was that was me scratching. Scratch. <laughs> Yo, we at home, man. I'm in bed. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm in bed right now. I'm not doing none of that stuff. None of that stuff. But you well, know, you, you, can, you can grind it up and put it in nah, the box. Uh, and, you know, nah. you can do that from home in the bed. <laughs> it's not like lifting a, a sack I mean, of potatoes. <laughs> I mean, we we just we just we just chilling out here. We Cali. I got. Like I said, I got I'm a bed. I, I I got up a few hours ago. Uh huh. <laughs> you know? oh, I'm really? I'm a few. My day's just starting, man. I got you. <laughs> well, good morning. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> I'll talk nah. to you later. Thank you very much, man. Hey, brother. I appreciate it, Quincy. All right, I'll be I'll be in touch, and I'll let you know when this is being released. Thank you, fam. All right, peace. Bye-bye. We want to thank MH The Verb for coming on and talking to us. Such a great interview. Uh, Look out for his album Space Ninja, released this year, earlier this year. It's available now on iTunes, Spotify, and on YouTube. Also look out for his other album that's dropping this Friday, August 7th, called Verb Stone Instrumental. It's an incredible collaborative effort with G.R. Stone, where they just made music just for the fun of it. He also encourages people to flow on that music, and if you like, send it in. Let them know what you think. Keen State Questions has been a production of Anchor.fm and the good people over at Spotify. We also want to thank the talented staff of 1030 Designs for crafting our logo and promotional material. Thank you for listening, and have a great night.